Hi, I'm Senshu, one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan offers his wisdom tirelessly with complete love and devotion. If you value these teachings, Sokuzan, the mandala of Sokukoji, please consider donating at sokukoji.org. Thank you. Observe the confusion. So I'm, I'm going to lay that out a little bit and define what it is I'm suggesting, asking that you do, is when anything comes up in your mind, before you even call it confusion, any ragged around the edges emotions that are starting to climb up your vertebrae or however it may feeling before the naming comes, just look at, because if you, if you name it, if you do anything with it, it progresses. It, it gets this way and that way, and it's because of this, and if she hadn't said that, then this wouldn't be happening. That's way down the line. The original situation that was uh, possibly triggered, that's what needs to be seen, because that is the Dharma gate. It's painful to say that. I'm not accusing you of anything particularly, but it seems to, to need to be seen at an earlier stage in its progression, because if it's already tumbling out, of your vocal cords, and it's already if you already pull your finger out of your holster and begin to point, and including this way, it needs to be observed a little bit further back on the track in which it has been, shall we say, triggered. And what has been triggered is not something that's happening. It's not the occurrence. That's just the, uh, the the leading edge, the so-called causes and conditions of the pratitya samadpada or dependent origination. You don't get to see the whole show. You don't get to see the playwright three miles down the road, 300 years ago, writing this out. You only get to see the production that comes up in your mind that you object to, the product, production that comes up in your mind that you agree to. Yes, I, I love this. This is great. What good karma I must have. I was born to a millionaire. <clears throat> I was born with a mind that isn't clogged with intense passion, aggression, and ignorance that, that, that is just completely in the service of the narcissism. There are some people that are so inc incredibly crazy and wound up and at war with themselves and with the whole world that there, there's no chance that they could uh, ever see this at least not in this life, not unless they just stumble uh, off a cliff and fall into the hut of a hermit. Who begins to teach because they can't do anything else. Is that going to happen? Pretty unlikely. Just observe. And it won't particularly, you won't get a credential for doing that. It will, it will not feel good more than likely. I'm not going to say it's always going to be that way, but probably won't feel good to have confusion come up. That you don't know what it is. There is a, um, um, <clears throat> there's a word for that. Um, I want that word. Um, it's not not it's not confusion. It's more what is that one that, uh, that Herbert Gunther uses that he has uh, two parts to it. It's something errancy. Remember what it is? It's uh, you know you know 
Bewilderment. Yes, it's bewilderment. Bewilderment, uh, there's still some lack of a person being bewildered. It's just <laughs> the immediacy of being bewildered by something. You, just before you've named it, it's so bewildering, you haven't even called it confusion. It's so bewildering that you, that you are frightened or so bewildering that you uh, that you haven't even put up your guard yet because you're not sure what is. You're bewildered by that. You don't know if this is, it's like someone knocking at the door really hard. Is that someone trying to break in? Is it someone with bad news, good news? Is someone so delighted to see me they can't help but pound on the door really hard? I mean, it could be many things in our mind would go zip, 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 wouldn't make that sound, wouldn't have time to make that sound because it's in the immediacy of it. It's immediately. We need to see the immediacy. If you begin to see the immediacy of what this is through this kind of mind training, eventually there isn't anything but immediacy. Everything is right now, right now. And, and even that's a lie because that's, it's already gone by by the time you call it now. There was a teaching years ago that was uh, a Be Here Now book. I think it was called Be Here Now, something like that. You can't do that. You can't be here now. So I didn't, I haven't bothered to go back and correct the writer of that. I think he's a really famous person. <laughs> I think he's also dead. You notice I uh, snickered when I said that. But if you, if you observe the confusion, this doesn't mean that you don't see that he, she, they didn't, didn't do this or this or this that caused that bewilderment to come up. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you're closing off the triggers so you can just see the, the Dharma gate itself. No, those are not separate from each other. The cause and the effect. Uh, we separate those in materialistic society so we can have some kind of control over our, over our peeps or control over our uh, indentured servants or control over our brother, sister, mother, son. If you see what this is, you will not object to it, you will not agree with it, and you certainly won't ignore it. You will be fundamentally completely alive and you won't be missing your life. You'll be, you could say you'll be ready to accept or receive. It's not even accept, that's too much. That, be, that creates an acceptor. It's like training of doing shamatha meditation creates a meditator. Not wrong, I just don't teach it. Not, it's not wrong, it's not incorrect. I just don't teach it because I want you to see, see this now. You may not have to go through uh, 20, uh, 30 years of shamatha vipassana as I did, more like 20 years of it before I started practicing Chikantaza again. I just didn't tell anybody about it or teach it at the time. I didn't feel confident to teach it. Who am I to say something different than what my teacher has taught me? But if I'm coming to a conclusion, might be somewhat of a conclusion here is please just observe. If you just observe, you will have no idea what's happening. You will have no pat on the back from from the, the dependent origination. You, you won't have anything. You'll feel more. You may feel more and more and more at a loss for everything. Get no credential. Nobody wins. There is no there's no game. There's no winner. There's no loser. It's just this and you see that there isn't nothing happens. No time past and future. Collapse doesn't mean that you don't know that lunch is in 20 minutes. And it also doesn't mean that you don't recall that you, in our case, just got out of a car in the, in the parking lot. But that is unreal. 
That is unreal. Your memory might be very vivid. You cannot recall what that was exactly, because what it was exactly was the same uh, thing that you're looking at now, except it's done this, or it's done that, or it's done this, but it's the same thing. The same. The differentiation we add on in our, in our mind and build up the idea of a past and a future. Unreal, the same way that our attribution of this being a solid ongoing person who can win or lose is unreal, vividly unreal. So by observing the confusion, the way you'll know that you're doing that is you won't know what it is. You'll just know that it's possibly threatening or painful or aggravating any number of things. Just just observe that. Does that, that doesn't mean fixate on it, lock it down, because it may want to move this way or that way. And then you, you can watch the movement of, of the confusion or of that that knot that seems to be floating in space. A knot, many, 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 many knots, one over the other. This this knotted over that, knotted over that. Tied and tied and twisted and pulled tight and pulled tight. Needs to be observed. And then if there is a possibility, independent origination or in cause and effect, that particular dynamic that we sometimes escape into, then uh, all you need to do is observe it, and it just because it is maintained by pushing, maintained by pulling, and maintained by shutting down. It's maintained because it is a paranoid insurance policy, as Trungpa Rinpoche once talked about, uh, the seventh consciousness. It keeps us, keeps the self-centeredness, which is not threatened because it's unreal, so it can't be threatened. Who you actually are can't be threatened. It may feel like it, but it's untrue. And coming back to square one, just right back to the wall, sit down and train yourself using your the, the simplest, most immediate situation that you have of otherness, which are your thoughts. If you try to do this on people out in the in the tundra, pretty difficult to do that because the, the, everyone is wound up in knots over their idea about who they are and who you are. Their projections are really intense on you and your projections on them are difficult to see as projections and very easy to believe as that's actually true. They are a silly person that's going in circles. And it's not that that appearance isn't there, but that is an illusion we are deluded by. If, if you begin to see it, it's still, it's still there. It's still spinning. It's still an illusion. It's still unreal. It's still vividly unreal. But if you sit down Face the wall, look at the floor, look out across, to, as uh, Susan Hirschfield said, I don't know if she's here today or not. Yep, she's here. She said she she was at, kind of asking permission from Chisho uh, if, if it's okay to look at Chisho and then look out the window he's looking at, uh, out at the, 
the view there, I guess the mountains off in the distance. It's Chisho, isn't that what you do? You look at a mountain all day long? <laughs> and of course, that's fine. You can, anything that where there's nothing is particularly moving, that, that works. It might be, excuse me, it might be a, uh, a wall. It might be, it, it could even be a, a, a mandala or it could be a, a tanka. It could be a, an image. It's about not particularly fixating on it, but just observing it. Whatever shows up, just observe that. If you look at a, at, if you look at, if you're practicing deity yoga, uh, very similar. Even though you might be doing some motions or some mudras, very, very similar. Not the same, works with the mind in a different way. I practiced a lot of that. I'm not going to tell you how much. <coughs> Am I? Probably not, but a lot. Not as much as some, but a, a lot to say that I, I, I know what that's about. And I don't teach it, not because I couldn't. It's, it's just that I, the way it looks to me, this isn't correct, but the way it looks to me is if you're listening to me, what is there, 30 people listening to me? 50 maybe? Nowhere near 100. You're probably karmically or situationally, you're probably ready to hear it taught this way. If, if you like to practice uh, tantric Buddhism, go somewhere and find a tantric uh, master, find a lama in the tradition and any one of the traditions that they're available everywhere. But if you're ready for this, I'm ready to, to present you with how this looks to me in order to help you see your true nature. Right and wrong, extra. we don't need those. So, very simple, sit down and have your own personal experience of what moves in the mind. And you just observe that coming and going. And if you're practicing deity yoga, and again, I'm not going to go into it particularly, but if you have that, that kind of situation that you're looking at, uh, which is a deliberate movement of whatever's happening in the vocal cords, whatever's happening in the visualization, and whatever's happening in anything you're doing with your hands, and also holding still otherwise, that can also be workable too. It's important to watch the movement without adding to it, unless there's, a, unless there's an added adding uh, by saying this is a, a Vajrasattva, or this is a particular deity that looks a certain way traditionally. So then you would use that. If you're looking at the wall, Look at walls and in this place, they look like cottage cheese. They have lots of bumps on them. But it's important to look just at whatever is there without adding, subtracting or dividing. And that may involve watching yourself add, subtract and divide and manipulate things that are coming and going. Just continue to do that. Don't fix anything. Just watch the movement. It will, if it needs to slow down or stop or come to a halt, it will do that itself. And in this way, I'm not saying you wouldn't have a profound realization on the cushion or in your meditation chair seat or position. I'm not saying that couldn't happen, but it's more than likely to show up in your everyday life that you're no longer agreeing with, objecting to, or ignoring. And what shows up? I can't tell you that. I can't tell you because then you'll look for it. And if you look for it, the very nature of confusion is to look for something else. The very nature of it. 
And the very nature of realization is to see what's in front of you because you don't have, you no longer have you no longer count on the visual seeing you you see it i don't know where the seeing comes from there's no organ for that but once that starts to open sometimes those in the past who have tried to convey this will call it a third eye eh, I, don't know. I don't think there's any numbers involved but it happens it, it it's not an occurrence it's more like something has been co- uncovered that was always there was always waiting for for the uh, looking at the darkness forever willing to look at the darkness forever no light can't see anything because as soon as you start to try you 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 actually are supporting buying into refurbishing the very nature of confusion which is believing that dependent origination or causes and effect are are uh, correct and true and you need to manipulate that somehow in order to get what you want or to, in order to get happiness or that longevity, like, you know, like Ponce de Leon's down in the Florida a few hundred years ago, looking around for the fountain of youth. I don't think that worked too well for Ponce de Leon. Maybe. Don't look around. Look right here. Don't search as uh, Papaji, uh, um, guru in India of the last century said give up the search well you first you have to see that you're you're even searching you're looking for something else even when you look at the wall you're looking for something else when you're in retreat you're looking for is this going to help is this am i going to get better probably not disappointment awaits <laughs> right on my cup here who gave you this cup where is he <laughs> it's a bad cup it's a great cup disappointment awaits that's what happens like i said life is suffering the buddha said as far as we know and it's not that you greet that disappointment with glee but you you realize that that is part of the dependent origination part of the structure of the ego is to have disappointment show up and then diminish and then have happiness and pleasure, enjoyment show up and then diminish, come and go. Duality, we struggle with it. We choosing two sides, one of the teachings and uh, I can't remember the name of the sutra or poem, but it's uh, choosing. That's the way uh, um, Thomas Cleary, uh, translates it as instead of picking and choosing he just said choosing so there he, he chose between those two picking and choosing and he decided to choose one of them it's kind of a hidden teaching from dr cleary did he choose what do you think eric i wasn't thinking at all sorry you wasn't thinking well, I'm sorry I interrupted you. <laughs> That's pretty good. Questions? Please, yes. When you're bowing. Yes. I think you said uh, the very nature of realization is to see what's in front of you. Yes. So one who sees what's in front of them, is that illusion? They see that it's an illusion. Is right. it a projection? could function as a projection you're projecting that that's something else that's something over there 
And that's something that's, yeah, you project the otherness of it. It's the enemy or it's the friend. Both are projections. So one who sees what this is, do they also see confusion? They see everything. See the confusion. And do they recognize that confusion is looking for something else? Yes. And when they do, that confusion is Buddha. It's not the personhood or the, the historical Buddha. It's what Buddha was pointing at. He's pointing at the moon. Everything, everything becomes, doesn't become that. It's already that. It's always been that. Nothing becomes something else. There is no else. It's empty of other, empty of elseness. Empty of elves. Yes. So when something arises, can we, I think you said um, before naming comes, take a look at the original situation. So I'm assuming that means, or are you saying that means looking at what's arising without naming? So are we constantly one who realizes just looking, 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 no naming, no naming. Then it doesn't matter if there's naming or no naming. Then then, then you get barraged with all the things you were, you tried to get rid of thinking that was practice. And to stop having negative feelings or all of that comes back all over the place. You can't, you don't have no more reference point for anything. Yes. Are you saying then that if a feeling arises that there would be no differentiation between whether it's an ill feeling or a happy feeling? Eventually. When I say eventually, I'm saying it's different with each person. A person could, you know, it's pretty astonishing and pretty unusual to completely awaken to the whole thing all at once. Possible. Or it can be gradual. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Is putting others before ourselves just a different way of restating, just observe? Putting others before ourselves is the practice, is the Mahayana practice of uh, Shanti Davis, what you're reading right now. And so it's, it's that. It's just encouraging you to see that the apparent other uh, is uh, you're really not separate from that. And one of the ways to do that and work with the self-centeredness, the ego, the narcissism, uh, narcissism of the mind is to do something slightly counter to that not all the way it doesn't mean you give everyone your uh your give everyone everything but there's a there's a consideration for others and what they're going through you're putting them before yourself sometimes it's to the extreme there's images and stories the jataka tales are full of stories of the buddha who gave his life just to feed a Hungry tiger, I think it was, led cubs, gave his life. Did that occur, or is this just a, a way of teaching to say that you could actually you could actually do that, or maybe that's how it might feel to do that? That you might not do that, but it might be that feel that dangerous. More. Excuse me. So is putting others before ourselves another intention? Yes, it's an intention. And, and it, you may never accomplish it. It's not about accomplishing it. It's about intending if you don't know what it's going to take to do that. You intend to do that and then you begin to, then the obstructions start to show up in the form of Dharma gates. 
you, you and I talk about that a couple times a week, don't we? Yeah. What is your personal, what's happening with you that is, that is keeping you from seeing your true nature? And quite often it's just believing that certain things are true. And even though this old man tells you that's not true, what you're saying right there is not true. And, and I say, do you see that? And I'm just using our interaction. You say, not really. And you might even say, I might say, are you interested in seeing that? You might also say, not really. Do you want to see this? You want to see it. And that's the important thing. It's the intention to see what this is, not the accomplishment. And it's going to be different for everyone in here, a different dynamic, a different kind of Dharma gate that each of us are working with. More? So if, if you're saying observe the confusion, how do I endeavor to just, how do I endeavor to put others before myself, but then just observe the confusion? Well, it might be a different day of the week or something. There are times when situationally one is going to be more prominent. You'll be reflecting on how do I just observe this? Or is this confusion or am I observing a confusion? It could show up lots of different ways. And another time might be someone might be, you might be interacting with them and you might not necessarily agree with them or like what they're saying, but you, you're going to listen to them. You're going to put them first. You're going to listen. You're going to, they might say something very, very negative, maybe even about you, you know, or about something that you're kind of taking, taking personally. It's not really about you. It's something you're saying that you're taking, you're making it about you. And then, and the way you would work with that is just receive that. Just let it let it stink to use that particular nerve ending. Just just allow it to do that. Don't block it. Just receive that. It's not nihilism. It's it's uh it's just a way of working with the energy that tends to get personalized as right and wrong. Keep in mind. So are there situations where I may need to push on or push through the confusion rather than just observe it? Yes. But you won't, you won't know that particularly unless you've really been looking at it. Just to talk about it in a simple way, if you're if you're blaming some someone for how you feel rather than just being responsible for the feeling or the emotion, if you're blaming someone, then you don't have a lot of clarity around the confusion. You're too anxious to get rid of it by blaming. And we all know that if you can, if you're having a difficult time and you can blame someone for it. It may not particularly feel any any better, but there's some kind of relief out of knowing that you didn't do it. There's somebody else is causing this feeling. This feeling sucks, and it's because of him, or it's because of her, or it's because of them, or this situation, or that structure, or it's because of the monastery, or it's because of the forms. We all do some of that. More about it, please. Don't hesitate. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. If a situation is bewildering to us, is there something, and it looks undifferentiated, is there something we're ignoring, Bowing? Say more. Clar just clarify what, you're, what it is you're pointing at so I can respond, hopefully. I'm trying to discern how you're using bewilderment. And so I was wondering if there's some differentiation in that that we're missing. 
So bewilderment is just, you just have no idea, you're bewildered by it. You don't know what it is. I mean, it's still confusion, but it's, it's bewildering. So it's the confusion. It seems that bewilderment actually includes the, the failing and the, the misunderstanding that the ego mind, the self-centered mind is having. It's, it, I'm bewildered by that. You could also say I'm confused. They're very similar. And it was uh, Herbert Gunter, uh, the translator and scholar, German translator and scholar that uh, I happened to have met in 1974. Uh, he used a bewilderment errancy. He, uh, he used that. He said, you're bewildered. It's like perception impulse uh, on, on the third kind of that you're, you see something, you perceive something, and you, you, you're impulsive about it. And that impulsiveness could be just about a feeling or, or a interpretation or a judgment that you're buying into about that situation. So you leave it for the structure of uh, thinking and so on that gives you a little bit more comfort. Comfort. Yes, go ahead. The comfort in that structure how do we work with that? Just, just look at it. Don't leave it for something else. Undo. Undoing is pretty much everything that we sense, confusion, where we are on the path, following. Uh, I can respond to that, but I'd rather hear what what do you what what's bringing that question? What do you want to know that I could possibly help you with? Oh, no, it seems like anything that we perceive, we immediately leave. I immediately leave. So, but you're you're observing that, and it's a matter of just observing that uh, that you're vacating the premises of, of of the original thing because that is too threatening. Because that right there, if you look at it, will I, I don't I hesitate to even use the word eventually because it's not a, it doesn't have anything to do with time. But at some point, you will not abandon anything. You will not agree with it. Passion, you will not disagree with it. Aggression, and you will not ignore it. Ignorance, you'll actually are, see that you're looking in a mirror to continue to use a relative uh, image. But it's, but it's you. It's, you're looking at yourself, whatever you see, the confusion, you're not separate from anything anywhere. And so, but that, and that realization, which is not even an event, it's not even an experience. Because everything, all the otherness comes apart. It doesn't, it doesn't hold up out there as even a reflection in a mirror. Go ahead. When you say observe the confusion, it seems like you, we're always needing to observe because whatever comes up, if we abandon it, that's confusion. Okay. Is that true? I don't know. More? From Ross in Ireland. Yes. Does seeing what this is necessarily bring compassion? I, I feel that it does. I feel, I feel that eventually the, the practice of putting others before yourself, you don't see any others. You just see people that are suffering. You also see people that are happy or having enjoying themselves. You see, you see all of that all at once. And the, 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 Putting others before yourself is choiceless. You no longer think I need to put others before myself. You just you're not separate from others. So then you just observe because you still have eyes, nose, ears, tongue, body, mind. You observe that some things 
you can't help but do. And other things you're not about to do, and you don't decide anything about it. So that's why sometimes the Chung Parampache and Tibetan lineages all together, and even in the Zen traditions, it talks about it in different ways. Crazy wisdom form of the Buddhas of the three times. Kind of a fancy way of saying that. Uh, it, to ego mind, it looks crazy because ego is not going to decide to walk into a cave of demons, but the Bodhisattva will. Or, or won't. Or I say, I'm not going in there. But, and it would look like, it would look like ego making decisions, but there will be no one there. There is just someone who is completely uh, caved into dependent origination and functions as an aspect of dependent origination while still looking intensely like a personality. You meet, you meet anyone who is a teacher, not just this old man. That anyone who is a true teacher of the Dharma, <laughs> it's going to be very perplexing because they look, they can look intensely like they're self-centered and yet they don't see anything but you everywhere. And I know I'm supposed to be looking at the computer screen because the computer screen is not over there. The computer screen is in Ireland. Right, Ross? Where is he? Is he on here? YouTube. Huh? Oh, he's on YouTube, but he's looking through this same green dot that mm-hmm. really who said, mm-hmm. okay, how do you know? How do you know that? Who told you? Years of working with electronics. Okay, no, it's not. <laughs> say, say no more, say no more. <laughs> Go ahead. Rayhan, I believe from the UK, asks, am I sitting wrong if I look too ahead or too down at the wall? That's, uh, that would be up to you. Uh, the, the recommendation for Shikantaza, sit still, look straight ahead. But you, you may need to be with your particular... What is it called? Uh, goes on a physiognomy. Is that correct? Did I get it right? Your situation, physiology, and physiology. And so, so it depends. Some people actually might look up a little bit. Some people might look straight ahead. Some I would I would leave it up to you to do that. And you could, uh, what's the word? Experiment. You could look around and and don't necessarily look for uh, the result of feeling better. But you'll have some insight into it. I'm looking right at you right now, I think. Further questions? Please bring them. Yes, sir. Is there a confusion that shows up in the first five sense fields? Uh, If there is, it's, it's the sixth or seventh that is in there meddling around with everything, trying to help, trying to help to tell you what you're smelling. And where you first smelled that at. So it's, there, there's some there, but the, the sense field itself, it just receives. And the interesting thing that people might take an exception to this, especially people smarty pants out there, is really a mind doesn't produce any thoughts. Everything is dependently arisen. Even the ego mind is dependently arisen. So the, the thoughts that are coming forward, you, you can't really think, you just receive, you receive thoughts. There's no thinker. There's no product. There's no producer. There's no stagehands. There isn't anything else but this. It's 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 extremely disappointing to ego, and it's outrageously appropriate for what this actually is. The isness is not there. 
That's why it's so difficult. Because it's it's there, but it is an illusion. Just a simple way of saying it's been said for long before this person came here. More. So bowing. Um, looking at how we're not producing the thoughts. Um, when you're talking, I'm constantly producing thoughts about what you're saying. Yes. If, what? if that's happening dependently, that's dependently arisen. It is. How yeah. can I hear what you're saying? It's not different. They're not two. They look to, like two, but they're not. And that's why it, it, the actual path to awakening can look more and more confusing as you go. And that's why it's necessary to have a, a teacher, someone who's seen this, someone who has had a teacher and has understood this. I'm not saying it couldn't be done without that, probably. But so that to be encouraged because you feel like you're going in the wrong direction because it makes no sense. It doesn't it doesn't it makes sense a little bit, but it's 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 devastating to the ego. That part of consciousness that still continues to think it's a person or a self or it's this body or who, who you are cannot be uh, harmed or threatened who you, who your actual identity. This is why it's a spiritual path, not the mundane path of studying, 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 and getting a PhD in uh, biology. That's a very powerful thing to do with your life, and people should be doing as much of that as seems appropriate, of course. But the spiritual path isn't about, we have to have something out there, so all the teachings are talking about ground path and fruition, but the fruitions are always described quite a bit differently. The ground is very similar, suffering. The paths are not so similar and the way the results or the goal or the fruition is described is described as quite a bit different depending on that teacher and how he or she or they uh, feel that they should be expressing it if if at all More. yeah Kabbalion. i'm now looking at the errancy part what what errancy will we see in observing? Well, if there, if you if you do anything with it, if, if you if you see what the bewilderment and you don't do anything, then there's no errancy. There's just bewilderment, which is not separate from Buddhahood. All the separations just come apart, and the self-centered mind, the ego mind, can be devastated by it. It can be extremely, it can be terrifying. It won't all be that way. I mean, for some people, it's just because of the causes and conditions that have been happening to them for centuries. The occurrence that really isn't an occurrence. Go ahead. Is the errancy part of the illusion, Bob? Yeah. Yes. Anyone on uh, out there that I can see on the screen here? Sogada, you have a question? Sogada, Bowing. Thank you. Yes. Um, this bewilderment. It, it sounds quite frightening. You mentioned that. Um, what keeps us from imploding if we're, yes, in the midst of that? Uh, I'd say go ahead and implode. It's all right. The, so that, that word is, it can be a little bit worrisome because it's bewildered. What's that song? Bewildered by, I think the last time I said that, uh, Kayun broke into song and sang several verses. 
that song is quite a bit more interesting than what I was saying. So uh, the, the, what keeps us from imploding? Because there's nothing to implode. It might feel like that's going to happen. So that's part of the fear, the, the paranoia of the consciousness that is rolled up into a me that can be harmed or a me that can get ahead or a me that has been mistreated or a me that is protected over here, but totally endangered down there. And this isn't to do away with relative truth and say that if you uh, walk in certain neighborhoods at night, you're threatened, you know, physically, you can be threatened because of passion, aggression, and ignorance. Go ahead, Gokudo. Gokudo bowing. I wanted to go back to um, searching for something, looking for something. Yes. Well, in meditation, if not much seems to be happening, but we have a feeling of expectation or waiting for something to happen, is that At, still searching, bowing? Uh, might be a little bit. But it's not about stopping searching. It's about it being aware that some aspect of your mind is, is searching. It's not about stopping or starting anything. It's the awareness that we have to say, don't search, but, and then notice how we still keep doing that. Then the awareness, which is not a thing, which has no a status as phenomena, even though we talk about it. So you're, what you're experiencing there is just, just continue, just continue. I didn't say, I did not say discontinue. Do not discontinue, just continue, continuing. En français. Is there another question out there in the dissonance? Go ahead, Chodo. Is bewilderment still pat? Yes. Awareness, awareness. So anything that shows up is his path. So if you don't push it, don't, don't pull on it, don't do anything with it. And, and then, it, but if you do do that, if you do see yourself pushing on, just don't like that feeling, don't like that feeling and just will do anything to blame. But the more you practice meditation, the more you're going to be aware of that kind of function in your mind stream. And it's the awareness that's important, not the success story of anything. Anything that shows up, uh, the, the truth of not separate or uh, Advaita or non-dual, that's, that's true all the time, uh, insofar as there is a time. So, But it's seeing that, and we see that your body doesn't blow up or you don't disappear. You might look at your watch and realize it's time to go have lunch. But a very ordinary situation comes about. I don't know if it even comes about. More. If we're seeing or if I'm seeing um, a pattern or a habit of avoiding a particular feeling, mm -hmm. um, at some point, will I need to see the feeling that I'm leaving without leaving it? Um, it's somewhat what I'm talking about here in the, in the talk title is observe the confusion. Is observe the confusion and don't accept it, don't reject it, don't look away, don't do anything with it, but observe it and observe or see that. Then if it, if it becomes time through your 
continued observing that, watching that, looking at that, time for that to roll over and move away or fall apart, or then it will just occur. But any pushing on that or pulling or distracting yourself from it um, is, I'm not recommending that. I'm saying watch it as long as you can without doing anything. Don't make excuses for it, passion. Don't get, don't get mad at it. Uh, or upset with it or resentful of it, aggression. And and don't distract yourself into a game of checkers, some other thing where you don't have to look at it. And that is so, that recommendation is so, it's just a, it's just a general response. So it could show up so many different ways. There might be a time when you see it, when you just, I'll put it very literally, you just see the off button. And you just, but, but it won't be some kind of a plan that you're, well, I just need to stop. You won't ask me about it. I will say it this way. And as a personal, uh, with me, my, my basic issue when I was very young was anger, intense anger. And it really frightened me. I was afraid I was going to hurt myself. I was afraid I was going to, uh, hurt my, my, uh, my wife or my friends or, or my children. And so I, I had to find some way to work with this. And so I kept trying to find an off button. And I just, the more I would try to find how I can stop this. I don't want to get, have this, this, and this happens as simple as it. And suddenly I'm enraged about it. It was very, very painful. And, and of course I was raised by someone who was enraged and who in the way he handled his rage is to strike me. So it was very, very, confusing and painful and it was hard for me to not uh, one of my children is here in the room not to strike them i managed somehow out of just stubbornness i think just to not do that did i ever hit you no i don't think so but thought about it when because he is not an easygoing person <laughs> and is very very strong fellow and so uh, even when he was only so big. So uh, I think, yes. You had infinite patience, but I was really testing the limits of infinity. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Please write that down. <laughs> the limits of infinity. Uh, yeah, I could tell some stories there, but I won't. <laughs> wow. And there's several more of those young people I call children. So I was, it was, it was, it started out as being very self-centered. I just, I just did not want to do it. It was all about me and being a better person and being kind and loving, trying to live up to something. And then I met Rinpoche. That was the end of that. It was the beginning of the end of this person trying to improve, get better, be somebody else. No, he basically said, you're, you're going to have to be who you are. And that sucks. If you if you if you hate yourself or who you're doing, what you're doing, how you're acting, how you're feeling, if you keep assuming that how you feel is who you are. No, it's dependent origination that we personalize by adding a self to it. Don't do that. And how do you how do you don't do that? You see that you're doing it. You're aware of it. Aware, aware, aware. If if you're really aware, uh, training your mind to be aware, then what needs to cease will cease. What needs to continue will continue. There's even a saying. I don't know if it's the teacher's seven points of mind training, but one of the slogan 
teachings out there that says, well, it's better for me to, to be sick, let me be sick. It's better for me to get well, let me get well. It's better for me to live, let me live. Better for me to die, let me die. You actually feel that way. You actually realize that outcomes are <laughs> emphasized way too much. What is, what is emphasized is this, just this. And this is a, to go back to the, the question a few moments ago, is this compassion? There, wisdom and compassion are not two different things, but they tend to be talked about differently. Uh, and one is, seems to be intellectual wisdom, but it's not. One seems to be emotional compassion, but it's not. It's not, it's not feeling. Feeling is what cats and dogs and humans without any mind training tend to go through and live by. They're how they feel, how they feel, how they feel. I've often said to my students, I don't give a shit how you feel. If I care how you feel, then I have to do it your way. I have to do what you want and make sure you don't have a hurt feelings. It's very hard to see someone you love and care about wanting you to function in a different way and knowing you, you can't, it's choiceless for you. You have to, you have to function as a teacher. If we're looking at a, a negative situation and that off button hasn't shown up and it looks like it's just getting worse, is it still just time to keep looking at that? Well, you know, they have uh, the teaching of the four karmas, you know, pacifying, enriching, magnetizing, destroying. I'm not going to go into that here particularly, but, but there's a time to just pacify it, and there's a time to get out of there. You get get uh, Not killing anyone, but killing the, the connection. Break that connection and get away from that situation that is triggering too much intense uh, suffering for you or for someone else. Am I getting close to what you were looking for, or is it another question? Is that it? If we're looking at that and it looks like it's getting worse, is that a cover up? The, the getting worse is a kind of cover up? Well, perhaps. It's be difficult for me to comment on that, but you know, since you're asking it that way, it's possible that it's getting worse, but you can do it. You can do it. Your body and mind are not two different things, they just look like it. Change your posture. You can't change your mind. Have you noticed? Yeah, you have no say-so about what happens in the mind. This should be enough proof for you to let you know that there isn't anyone. But if there was, you'd just stop feeling that way. You'd just be happy. you got to say-so about it. You do not have a say-so because there isn't anyone. Everyone in here that looks feels like a, some particular person, uh, they feel pretty special. I felt pretty special when I put this uh, Nagazamui on that came from, you could buy this in Nepal. I had this made in Nepal. Brown, it's really nice, and I really appreciate it. I also have a protection cord from, is it Mingir? From Mingir Rimpfjet. So, you know, try to take me out with this time. <laughs> It'd be very hard. <laughs> when you has one too. So, yes, goes on. If the bewilderment collapses into what appears as a scenario where there's reacting or responding, is that necessarily errant? It's, it, it, it might be, you might call it errancy or might call it a mistake or something, but not really. If, if it's a, this is happening to people in the world with no mind training, then it just goes on. It's just one, one fist fight after another, or can be. But if it's with uh, someone who is a practitioner, who's fully ordained as a monk as you are, probably not. Because, but what you're doing is you're 
the mind training, the awareness practice gets to, for lack of a better word of saying, description, it gets stronger and stronger. So it's able to work with the negativity that is generated karmically in the distant past and the so-called distant past that is trying to find a way to be expressed or be observed. You could even say it that way. So you may have to go through something that might be thought of as errancy, but, it, it, but because you're, because of your awareness practice, uh, you're not, no longer picking and choosing, but you're, you're actually welcoming everything that shows up and you're no longer dis discriminating between good and evil or right and wrong or uh, a clarity and errancy or, or um, correctness and incorrectness. Am I getting close? Yeah. So, and that's why it's, it's so difficult because the, the mind that is still picking and choosing will be caught by that and taken back into some kind of right and wrong mentality and feeling, I just can't do that. I can't, I can't do that. Whereas the mind who is uh, the mind that is either liberated or is extremely close to liberation because they're no longer deciding on stuff. They realize their true nature, which is not separate from anything, anybody, anywhere. Whereas the illusion of individuality continues, you can't stop it. But you, you have a sense of humor about it. You realize that you're, you're going to have things that show up that drag you into an area that looks incorrect, that you wouldn't choose if ego was still in charge, you wouldn't do that. Or you would try not to do that. Whereas, uh, the, the path of the, of uh, the bodhisattva, the path of an, of the enlightening being or enlightenment being may go into that, into that, that dark area because of uh, skillful means, because they know they know there's no one separate and someone needs saving and you're going to do it. You follow me a little bit? Further questions? Yes. Russell from Kalamazoo asks, how can we observe the confusion during periods where we must react quickly? Well, if you're reacting quickly, there's a good chance that that's just spontaneous rather than impulsive. Impulsiveness comes out of hope and fear, hope of getting it right, fear of getting it wrong, and spontaneity, just you just see it and you do it. So we're, we're, we're already, uh, that's why Trunk Rinpoche would say, first thought, best thought. He has a book of poems called First Thought, Best Thought, because the very first thing that comes up in your mind, uh, there's not time for the ego of hope and fear mind to get onto it. So you just look at it and you run out in traffic and save a child from being run over. You don't think, hmm, it's not my child. Should I interfere? You just save them. I actually watched my uh, uh, my um, my wife uh, Diane uh, many many years ago on uh, Nicolet. I watched her walk out between cars and grasp the child and pull them back out of the traffic. She wasn't thinking about it. Is this a bodhisattva activity or not? <laughs> Should this person die or not? It's just a get into all this philosophical stuff. More. Mahesh Boeing. Mahesh. At the beginning of the talk, um, you said that the teacher rarely uh, abandons a student. Um, I want to understand, are there any cases other than uh, other than violence or um, are there any cases where a teacher can ask the student to leave Boeing? Well, I've done it. Yes, oh, absolutely. I have a student, I'm not going to say their name, but I have a student been several years ago now, uh, pre-COVID and everything that I that was just uh, came in, was in the Hojo and was really, really upset with me and was yelling at me. I think people out here heard her yelling at me and I was yelling back at her. And uh, I didn't want her to leave. 
But I, I said, I said, go, why don't you, she was yelling at me because I wasn't, I was helping all these other people. And I was not helping her. And she was really, and she's a really intelligent woman. She's a, she's a, um, uh, I think she's an art therapist. That's all I'm going to say about that person other than she's just really upset. She was suffering, but I, I'd, I'd been working with her for years and she was not sitting much, of course. Uh, was that wrong? No, well, it was what she was doing. I don't know what it's like to be her, but I know that it was not helpful for me to just uh, receive her uh, slings and arrows. It was not how she just wanted to pound, pound her fist and yell. Why don't you help me? You don't help me. You help everyone else, but you're not helping me. And so I said, well, then leave. I said, go away. I didn't send her away forever. I said, go away for a year. See what that's like. Find somebody else to help you that's more helpful. So if you, and if you then come back in here and we'll talk about it again. But right now, this isn't going to work. You can't come in here and thrash me. Give me a thrashing. Won't work. So, uh, yes, is that what you were looking for? Or would you like me to get rid of you or something? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I was just, I just, I'm just curious uh, uh, what those cases were where the teacher asked the student to leave, but I think I got it. Yeah. Thank you. And, and the other one, uh, Mahesh, is when people, uh, I mean, I made it very clear to that person what, just you come back in a year, go away for a year, come back in a year. And they did not do that. They, I've never heard from, from them since. And then, then there's other people who, who disconnect from me and I don't chase them. I mean, a little, I might do something. I've had people leave several people, uh, just stop communicating. There's been no monks do that yet. If it were a person were a monk, I would probably chase them a little bit. But if they were lay ordained, which I have several people who are lay ordained who don't communicate with me anymore. And do I do anything about it? A little bit. I might send a heart on Facebook or, you know, <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> but, I, but I don't know what it's like to be them. And so I have to be respectful of that. I have to, I have to respect their, what, what looks like confusion, but what do I know? Maybe they're, maybe this is all they're going to do in this lifetime. Go ahead, Monica. Monica Bowing. At some point during the talk, you said before the naming comes, the original situation is the Dharma gate. Yes. It, is there a witness of that? Is, can that be observed? Yes, it can be. So I'll, I'll try to paint a, a better picture illustration of it. So you're going along and something happens in your living room or in your driveway or in your, uh, uh, in your Sangha community, something somebody says, does something, and then, then you have an, uh, an emotional reaction to that. And so that's the Dharma gate, the emotional reaction. And we what, ha what happens is even though someone seemed, seemed to cause it, or at least trigger it, uh, we, we, don't, we don't leave how we feel for who did it. So that's the Dharma gate is right there. It's raw and it, you can't see the hinges of it. You can't see the latch. It's just a blockage that has an, a, probably an emotional and even an intellectual force to some extent of being something other that shouldn't be there. You shouldn't have to face this, but you are. And so what, one of the ways to deal with that is to name it. It's uh, jealousy or it's anger or it's uh, 
uh, being uh, abused or all the different descriptions that come up that keep us from seeing the, the which have an accuracy to them, but they cover up what it actually is and, and allow us to resume our belief in duality and otherness and that some people are to blame for how I feel and your feelings are yours. So the, the way to work with that, uh, and it is a hard work, is to, to not to maintain it, but to return to that feeling or, or see that feeling. And before you start to leave it in terms of what caused it, who did it, what it's called, and, and put all kinds of descriptions on top of it. So the original pain that was there was that was pointing out your ego it was pointing out your, the, the that area of the consciousness we call consciousness. We call the seventh that area that is completely self-love, self-reference, uh, uh, self. What are the other two? Huh? Pride of self. That's powerful. I mean, if you actually think you are somebody, uh, a particular person with a particular privilege is to do things a certain way and somebody comes along and says, or he does something that doesn't acknowledge that you, what is this about? Someone's doing something. Don't they realize who I am? <laughs> Don't they realize this? What is going on here? And all those other phrase fillers. That's a really good phrase filler. What's going on here? That actually is, uh, rather than an actual question, that's a cover-up. Go ahead, please. Is there a gate behind that gate before the emotion? Yes. Yes. Can you speak it, about that, please? Can I speak about it? Yes. There's, uh, there's gates all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it is. It, it will. It will have that kind of illusion. It's like oh, the, uh, I can't get over. The, I can't get over this. It just uh, like I had with anger. I could not because I kept trying to stop it. And now I can't stop it. I, I have access to that anger. And I'm not, it's not a big bragging point, but I can get outraged right now and break everything in this room. And if I thought it would help you, I'd start in. And it might. I've come close to it a few times. I think the closest I've come is to take my watch and throw it down or my kotsu and throw it down. But, you know, you don't want to see a teaching where I smash my computer and throw it across the room and knock uh, Chokodawa out and he has to go to the hospital. <laughs> you think I would blame myself for that? I wouldn't blame anything. It's all compassion. It's just compassion. This is very, very difficult and people are suffering. I, I, there's a person here that I can't see into. I'm not a mind reader. I don't have to read minds. I don't read thoughts. I just look at you and I know. And what do I know? I know that you're here. I know that you have a commitment to do this and I have a commitment to help you as much as I can uh, with your permission, and that varies. And uh, we just do this together as Sangha, Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. Like, sangha is quite often misunderstood as just a bunch of people hanging out, studying the same thing. No, it's not separate. It's not separate. More, Monica. Monica Bowing. So what, what is behind the emotion, what the emotion comes out of or from? The, the emotions are are je a fear or of uh, being uh, or jealousy or anger or just it, it's the the self is threatened the the a, that aspect of consciousness 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 is amazing in being able to do or show up however however it uh, however dependent origination comes along 
it just does that. It doesn't see the differentiation, so it can do anything. And especially if it has a body to relate to, and if it has a series of lifetimes that show up certain kinds of activities, so it just is welcome. So other other lifetimes don't show up those activities. They're more nurturing, more uh, kind. They're more this, more that. And other ones are more raw and rugged and more violent and more demanding and more controlling and quite often more masculine. And I mean, it can go the other way, but it's more like more than likely to go to the masculine side because that's the that's the that's the skillful means, uh, the actual motion. Whereas wisdom doesn't move at all. Uh, feminine wisdom, um, skillful means, or upaya is uh, masculine. Just as a masculine energy, it doesn't make it unkind. More, Monica. Thank you, Bowing. Okay. Gates all the way down. Nothing but gates. And you don't have to get rid of them. You don't have to open them. You have to just see that it's a wall. Let's just see that it's a gate. If you see what it is, you see what it is, you see what it is. You look at the wall, you see what it is. And it just eventually just uh, comes apart. Falls falls apart. It can't hold up wisdom. Yes, Michelle. Michelle going. If you see what it is, would there still be a label there? There could be, but it might just be a, a flash in the in the pan. It might just show up as a label, but it, it can't it can't find it. It has no gravitas. It can't get a hold of you because you've been looking at the nature of yourself over and over and over. The nature of the thinker, the nature of one who is there, one who's receiving anything. Is there anyone seeing this? Look here. Look. See. Is there anyone here? Find out. Find out there'll be no proof that there's someone here. There'll be no proof that there isn't someone here. That's it. It's, it's, it neither exists nor does it non-exist. This is this is a gateway. It's, it's a gateway and it, it doesn't open because it's never been closed. You have to see it. Brian, wake up. <laughs> Ask me your question. Brian Bowen. How are intention and impulse alike? <clears throat> They're not. Impulse is, uh, they could be, but impulse comes out of fear. Uh, the way I'm talking about it comes out of uh, impulse to get away from something or the impulse to grasp something before we run out of whatever it may be, before we lose it. So impulsive, control it, stop it stop it from doing this or that and then an intention the way i talk about talking about it is is the vow to be with all things but that can also have the intention to repair your bicycle you don't know what's wrong with it you have the intention to repair it so when you start to look at it well let's see the chain is loose does that mean i have to get the sprocket moved in the other direction to tighten it up or do i need to take a link out of the chain see what i'm saying so that way we do it. whereas the impulse isn't going to do that it might just Show the bike away and get another bike, or it might, you might just, you know, impulsively do something without really investigating, without looking at. So this needs this. I could just tighten this up. I could take a link out of that chain and tighten it, whereas I don't have to hit it with a hammer because I can't figure out why it's too sloppy. More. Thank you for the question. Thank, I know you were just resting your eyes. I'm sure I do that all the time. Is there a question out there? We could take maybe one more uh, out in uh, 
the uh, tundra. You have a question. I do. Have Go ahead. Are you bowing? So back to your talk title: Observe the confusion. Yes. If and similar to Michelle's question, if we just observe, will we see confusion? So the causes and conditions around that are countless and, and, and diverse, just as you can't find the first cause for anything. So possibly, but you would just, your, your intention is more powerful. So just the intention to see that. And then, you know, if you're, it's like if you're, you're ever gone fishing, you're a fish in a lake where there's no fish. I didn't catch any fish. So I'm assuming Does that mean there's no fish there? So you see, it's that kind of thing. It's we don't really know. There's the water, and we're pretty sure there's fish. Somebody over here is catching lots of bluegills, but you're trying to catch sunfish. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a more personal situation when you when you're in the hojo or you're waiting for yes. someone to come in for dokusan, and they enter, sit in front of you. What do you see? Well, it's different for each time. Uh, it would depend on the on what on what my connection is with that person. Some people, as soon as I see them, I know I have a connection. It's, and whether they see it or not, it may not be time for them to see that. Maybe this is the last time they'll come on the screen or into the. Uh, I, I'm anybody. I'm anybody that's here right now. I have some kind of connection with, or you wouldn't be here. You may see it. Um, I, I see it. I have a connection with everyone somehow, but it's a different intensity or what, go ahead. When you're bowing, so when does confusion arise in that setting, bowing? In, in that setting, immediately. Is that naming what's arising? No, not if I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, 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 that not looking for right and wrong. So therefore, I'm, uh, there's no threat of confusion. There's no, uh, as I've sometimes said, there's no, I don't care if this whole place comes apart. When I say I don't care about it, I, no, I, I'm, I con I'm concerned with the intention, not with the result. So if things start to crack and come apart or we lose our, of course, we own this building now, but if somebody comes along and sets the bricks on fire, unlikely, I don't think bricks will burn. You see what I'm saying? It's a little silly, but I'm saying, I'm not concerned with that. I'm concerned with the intention. And my, my intention is to provide a place for people to come and train their minds. Simply put, if they come up, become a card-carrying Buddhist, that's up to them. I don't know if they need that kind of help or not. If they become ordained, lay ordained or fully ordained as a monk, I'll help people do that if they want to do it, but they have to be really sure they want to do that. More. One last question. So how does confusion show up as Buddha nature? Um, it's not different from it. Everywhere you look, intense confusion of someone doing something horrible is Buddha nature. It's just confused. It's heartbreaking to watch, but because, you know, there's so much suffering there. There's so much suffering. The, the, the people that are suffering the worst are the people that are successful at relatively covering it up. Sometimes they call those dictators. Intense suffering because, and that suffering is, if they saw the suffering, uh, what for what it was, they would stop hurting people. But they don't. They just they think they're somehow empowered to be a uh, superhero uh, in 
different countries and so on. The whole political structure structure has no has no real spiritual path in it that I can see. I'm not saying there aren't spiritual people there, but they get very frustrated if they work in a political situation because because it's just doesn't work very well, relatively maybe. But it will like all the misunderstanding is happening in such a way that the all the weather thing is being ignored and uh, and uh, helping other people instead we're taking people that are slightly different than us or have a different orientation instead of respecting them and helping them and being kind to them and making sure that everybody gets something to eat no it's, it's people that are insanely greedy they have billions of dollars will they feed anybody no they want to go to the moon they build a rocket ship to go to the moon it is that people are chuckling about it because it's, it's insanely greedy and our whole structure is that they're not to blame because the structure provides a, a, an easy way to do that we even encourage it we encourage people to get a job and, and succeed and you know be president or something it's, uh, it's insane very few people are encouraged to really train their minds to see the truth themselves this is not a this is not something we believe in it's something we, we actually see. We, we, we've we heard this. You wouldn't be here if you hadn't heard something about this path that strikes you here, bypasses your thinking, actually, and hits you here. And then the thinking might have to catch up to make it okay to do this. Because then, if it doesn't, then you come in and, why would I do such a weird thing where people are bowing to this golden thing? Apologies. They're not separate from the Buddha. But we need something outside so that we can prostrate or bow to our own innate intelligences and sanity. Buddha nature, awakened nature, awakened. Buddha Dharma just means awakened truth. It doesn't mean a bunch of people worshiping something. There's nothing to worship unless you're worshiping everything. And then uh, that's okay. You can do that. Okay, we can close then. Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Shoto, and I am a monk at Sokokoji, where I am committed to training my mind under the guidance of my teacher, Sokozan. We rely on your support for much of what we offer here. This includes building projects to create space for full-time and part-time practice residents. Thank you for your help.